Get the edge and an unfair advantage by listening, learning, and implementing the latest and greatest tips from our show. If you're a newbie in the real estate industry, whether in brokerage, sales, investing, or the entire business altogether, we will help you crush it and even sting the competition. We operate on the abundance mentality, so even though some of us love to compete, there is plenty enough to go around, hence the birth of our show. So we are here today, coach on coach, and Joe and I have traded sessions back and forth. And um, so we want to talk today a little bit more about my, one of my weaknesses in real estate is the financial side of running the, the business. Um, I'm, I'm good at grabbing attention and doing the crazy, wacky stuff, but don't ask me to balance a PL. Don't ask me to do some of that. So maybe, Joe, if you could start with what are the foundations that a person needs to know about financially to run a real estate company and and by company i mean single agent versus company absolutely uh i wish i was taught this so much sooner bob about understanding your profit or loss paying attention to your money uh one of the things that you're going to hear a lot of mentors coaches coaches trainers all over they focus so much on what we call top line revenue above the line you know, hey, what's your volume? What's your commission? What are you going to make this year? We call that above the line in accounting. Mm -hmm. What we don't talk about so much is below the line in accounting, which are the expenses. What you really should focus on is your net, net, net. At the end of the day, what is your uh, profit that you take home? It's not what you make, it's what you get to keep. Mm -hmm. And it's one of these things that like, if you read the book uh, MREA or read some other, th other things out there, or even just Google what profit percent a business should take, you know, in real estate, I see it's roughly 30 to 60% on agents. On normal business, it's five to 15%. If you're, you take what you make as your gross commissions from your company, you subtract mm -hmm. all your expenses, then you come to the net. Now take that net divided by that gross, you should come up with 30 to 60%. That's a decent, healthy business. Anything lower than that, that's a major red flag. So coaches listening out there, if they see that, below 30%, man, that's an automatic red flag. We got to start cutting expenses right away because this person could potentially be in trouble or the person may be listening to this who's looking at this and did their calculations. They might be in trouble because they're overspending. But but coach, I, um, I, I've i got, you know, banana.com website sending me leads every month. They're charging me $800 a month, but without them, I don't have any leads. Why would I, I can't stop paying that. Great question. So we would look at all the expenses and look at a ratio, hopefully a one to three ratio. For every dollar I'm gonna spend, I hope I get a $3 return. If I'm not getting that on my website, my Real Geeks, Sierra, Boomtown, whatever, in a period of a year or less, man, we're cutting this thing out right away. I'm sorry, if we had it a year and more and we're not seeing a three to one return, man, I'm cutting this expense out right away. I did this with a client uh, not too long ago. She was spending about $8,000 on one of these lead gens. And I asked her, let me see the ROI. Sure enough, in three years, three years, none, Yeah, none. 
So even though you're making so much money, you're not paying attention to these expenses, no matter how small or big, you're not seeing your what's bleeding, you could be in trouble, especially now that the market's turning. Man, any shift, you got to look at these expenses. So thought for you, and, and tell me what you think of this. I always ask people, when was the first time they knew who Oprah was? Okay. She's just uh -huh. everywhere. Mm -hmm. You cannot look at maybe one social media ad and one, you know, um, website. What, you can't necessarily look at one thing in social media and say, that's where they found me. They probably saw me circling for a while. There was probably just that presence. You pay for, and, and by pay, I mean sweat equity and check equity, because sweat equity is just as important. And again, if you don't have three to one return on your sweat equity, that's probably a good guide there. But there's there's some things you just do to keep your presence out there that you can't put a number against. Talk to me about how you would judge that. Great question. So I used to do extremely heavy marketing in my farm. Right. And I always paid attention to that ratio. At one point in my business, I was doing about $15,000 of print advertising a month. However, I was making 60 to 100,000 every single month without mm -hmm. blinking. And so as long as I knew those numbers were there, I'm gonna still do the bunch best bus bench ads. I'll still do the magazines, what have you, because you can't really justify a bus bench ad or a magazine, you can't quantify it. But if I could look at my numbers and could still see my ROI still there, I'm gonna keep going. Okay. Please yeah. tell me, tell me your face is not on grocery carts in your area. No, not right now, not anymore. <laughs> oh, please. Every time I go to the grocery, I'm like, I just need to call her and say, honey, no, that's, that's first of all, I'm putting my bananas next to your face. And two, this is not, this is not a good advertisement. <laughs> I'm not doing that anymore. But that, those are the one of the um, couple of the things that you got to pay attention to because yeah, it's farming, it's branding. And sometimes it's even more ego than anything else. <sighs> Wow, that 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 strikes to the core right there. Um, yes, ego is is a huge play right now, or it has always been in real estate. So, where are you seeing the best ROI for your clients and the people you're coaching? I love it. I love it. So, definitely websites, mm -hmm. the good ones that know how to convert and actually know how to sell when they come in. Right. right? The websites, and then mailers. As long as they're very, very rifle focused, not a shotgun, you know, EDDM spray and pray. They're going after like probates or expireds or in divorces or any kind of like very situational, mm -hmm. low hanging fruit like that. So mailers, websites and database, anything database, yeah. that you're giving to the beta, database is giving a good ROI. Yes. And that the database Yes, I love I, everything you just said. Yes, uh, we just did a mailer for uh, we have a, a over 55 community, uh, 13, 1400 square foot house. And so we did a downsizing mailer and we went and found in the uh, surrounding communities, people who've owned their home at least 15 years have, you know, uh, 2500 or larger square feet. These are probably people who have kids who are now in college the time of ownership, the size of home, wouldn't you like to have a stress-free life living in this over 55 community with almost no maintenance on your home? And we've gotten exactly. response off of that because it was it, just like you said, it was highly targeted. Exactly. Yeah. The spray and, and spray and pray is I think the shotgun effect that a lot of people do. I don't know anybody who's had a lot of success with the, um, what did you, it's not every door direct, but it's, it's 
Maybe it is where, where the post office just sends it to everybody in this zone. Yeah, EDDM. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. It is. Okay. So I've never heard people really having much success with that. Have you? I agree. I agree. And when you're really hyper focused on situational probate, divorce, notice a default, um, anything like that, yeah, you'll get a better return on your money. So um, when I'm helping out some of my clients is, man, you got to scrub these lists. Mm-hmm. You got to really scrub these lists. And sometimes, man, if you really want to get the, you know, don't overanalyze, throw the mailers out and you're going to get some return cards back, especially if you're using prop stream or postcard mania or um, prospects plus any one of these mailers where you have that list uploaded to their system, make sure you monitor what's coming back because you should really organize your list of let's just say 500 and be constantly scrubbing that or have a VA or assistant scrub it and update it. Okay. You know what? Change of address. We better update it. And now let's do some skip tracing because I always tell my clients, the harder they are to find the better because you have less competition. Some agents just shoot the mailer and then they don't do anything else. So PropStream, what were the other two you listed off there? I just want to be sure that anybody listening can write this down. Sure. Postcard Mania. Postcard Mania. And Prospects Plus. Prospects Plus. Now, tell me about those services. If they wanted to find uh, people of a certain age demographic, they want to find people of a certain, um, uh, you mentioned divorce and and bankruptcies, things like that. Uh, Could they segment their lists in that manner? With PropStream, absolutely. Okay. For Prospects Plus and and uh, postcard mania, I think they're just mail houses and I don't think they have the data. So the data for sure you could get on prop stream. Okay. There's other ones out there like property radar, uh, Corfax. Those are all great data sources. And if you want to take it even higher level, there's this company called black Knight out there. So there's a lot of different data streams out there, you know, pick one and then start playing around with it to see how legit the, um, the data is and then go from there okay so if if i'm interviewing a a professional to help me with my because i'm i should not be in charge of of quickbooks ever what do i ask what do i look for because usually people are like oh yeah i'm good at that and i'm like okay we'll we'll hire you what should i be looking for in i love that question care of my books and, and possibly my taxes i love that question so first and foremost i would do like we do everything else is look for their reviews if they've got great reviews or word of mouth, if somebody referred them, that's where a good starting point is. If after you get to that point, now let's see how qualified they are. Are they a QuickBooks certified pro advisor? If they have that certification, that's another level of degree. And it's a little bit hard to attain that, hey, this person actually went through the extra extra exercises to get a certificate to make sure that they're competent. Believe mm-hmm. it or not, Bob, I am certified. <laughs> Yay! Are you available? Right after this call, could you help me? Keep going. Any price will do. <laughs> we'll, we'll code for food. That's my sign from the side of the room. <laughs> but yeah, no, I, I, I nerd out on stuff like this where I, I want to, if I want to learn something, I get really good and I just I, I got the certification and I really wanted to figure it out to better serve our clients. So that that leads me to something that is strong in the TF community, Tom Ferry community, 
and in, in people who become leaders like you, the need to always be learning, the need to get that extra little merit badge, to, to go get that certification or those letters after your name in real estate that nobody else understands, but you have 17 letters, almost a full alphabet after you. You know, you could play Wheel of Fortune with, with the letters on these business cards. Um, that's the thing is like, ah, there's something else I can grab onto. There's something else I can climb for. I always heard when I was starting real estate that if you got your CRS, you'd be set for life. Certified residential specialist. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If you got your GRI, you'd be set for life. If you bought this, this lead system, you'd be set for life. If you yes. did coaching or you did whatever, and all of them are great. Yes. It's not if you attain this, it's the journey to the attainment that actually made me better. There you go. And the eye on the next prize. Okay, so I have this merit badge. What's the next one? What's the next one after that? So you just hit on that, that being open to, to learning and growth. Absolutely. Always yeah. be learning. If you're not learning and growing, you're dying, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Or you're at least stagnant. Yeah. yeah, right, 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 right. Yeah. So what percentage of agents do you think come into this industry and actually have this versus they come into this industry having watched HGTV and think this is easy money. They forget to put their taxes aside or to pay them at all. And in a couple of years, they're, they're in huge debt and they're, they're devastated by the, the experience. I would say maybe 90, 95% of the agents that come in don't have this, I would say, important core competency that is missing in their agenda. Because mm -hmm. a lot of them that come in and be great salespeople, but they were never trained to be business people. They were never trained to be looking at a P&L. They maybe never went to business school or anything like that, let alone finish college. And so I feel this is a big part of what I would say in the real estate agent industry that is missing, that should be like one of the first things they ever been taught. Because as soon as they start to sell, they'll sell more and more and more. They make more, they spend more. They make more, they spend more. And they'll never like, okay, I'm okay. Then the moment the market shifts, they're in trouble. Right, right. They take all the oxygen in the balloon at all times. Yeah. There's no oxygen left over. Yeah. So a 90 to 95% of the agents I think is missing this very, very, I, I coach a lot of folks. And one of the first things I'll ask them, especially because I, I focus on a very um, good niche in, in, in our ecosystem that they're going to the next level of building a business and maybe getting into investment property. I go, show me your P&Ls. And a lot of them, even very, very successful, they're like, uh, what's that, coach? <laughs> There's a P. Give me an L. <laughs> yeah. Right. yeah. And not not to disrespect, it's just something they were never taught. It's it's not disrespectful. It's you're you're literally bringing a light to something that they may not know. Correct. Uh I and and for those of us who those of you who don't know Joe and I, we I'm on much more the the tech, you know, like I live and breathe every little thing coming out about technology and and SEO and stuff like that. I don't do what he does. And he doesn't do what I do. We look Vice at each other. Vice versa. Oh, Absolutely. Hi. You yep. know, we're on different different parts of this, this exactly this industry, which is great, which is why we need to collaborate with this. Um yes. yes. So and, and the fact that let's talk about when you get a coach or you're interviewing for a coach, not every coach is right for every candidate. I agree. Um, I see some of the folks out there who are, you know, putting together their coaching practice and whatever, and they're just as, as, as you know, they're just going for everybody. Correct. And 
it's not that way. And somebody who's a good coach for me might not be a good coach for somebody walking in needing needing what they need. Right. It's the puzzle piece situation. Right. You got to find the right puzzle piece. Right. Yeah. I totally agree, Bob, because you know, I don't have your core competencies. You know, you'll you'll run laps around me on that. So it's one of these things, you know, these clients come into our ecosystem, depends where they're at then they start to learn other facets of the business. And it's so awesome that we have over 200 amazing coaches with us. Yeah. Yeah. Not to turn this into a Tom Ferry commercial, but that's where we all learned this. Thank you, Tom, for doing this. Right. So, so if you were going to tell somebody getting into the industry, you know, what path, this is, this is something we can talk about too, because most people come to real estate as a rescue industry. It's 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 a it, they they hate the job they've been in. They got a degree in in literature or whatever, and real estate is their fallback. Mm -hmm. Oh, it looks easy. I'll do that. Mm -hmm. How much of a pad do they need to to have? Is one question. Two, uh, do you encourage agents to have multiple streams of income just in case their first couple of years don't go well? Wow, great question. So for the first question, I would say make sure you have a six months or more pad. You got to know your burn rate. So what's your burn rate? Okay, your burn rate is all your expenses. If your house, your car, your food, running your business, let's just say 20,000 a month, you need to have $120,000 set aside if you're going to run hard. If you're starting out, you probably don't have a whole lot of business expenses. Maybe it's 7,000 total, 7,000 times six, 42,000 in the bank. You got to have that reserve amount. If you're going to jump in this full throttle, that's a good number. Part-time, maybe a little bit less. Multiple streams of income. I, I agree to an extent. In the beginning, you should be very focused on one thing. That one thing is selling get that money coming in. You got to know if you're going to be even fit for this business. And then when you figure out that you are, make that cash register ring as many times as possible. You know, Tom is involved with over 40 businesses. Another friend, friend one of my favorite uh, mentors aside from Tom too is Tony Robbins. He has like 150. Mm -hmm. I believe in multiple streams of income. The first person that I ever met was Robert Allen in real estate. And he was a legend, a guru in the industry. He wrote down the book, he wrote the book, Nothing Down in the 90s and Multiple Streams of Income. He planted that seed to me when I was a 17 year old kid that, you know what, I better have multiple streams of income because if this goes down, I have this coming in. Right. And here I am, fast forward, I have multiple streams of income. Good for you. Yeah. That's great. Yeah. Yeah, when we have starter agents, they're usually coming from, um, um, other professions. And I myself, I'm the only person Keller Williams wouldn't hire. Keller Williams turned me down because I was in IT at the time. I still had a full-time IT career. And the person who interviewed me basically said, go back, burn your bridges, quit your job. You'll never be successful. And I want to thank this person, whoever you, wherever you are, for telling me I wouldn't be successful because you know that's just going to make me double, triple down. And I kept that job for two years and I worked real estate alternate. I never called it part-time. I was alternate hours because I put 40 hours into real estate and 40 hours into I actually less than it. And every time the IT job wasn't looking, I was searching the internet, making phone calls, doing what I needed to do to get into real estate. But having that dual income for those first two years was a blessing. So my stance on it is if somebody 
wants to hold on to one world while grabbing the other, great, because you'll get a lot of clients out of that previous job. I still sell to people who are in that IT world with me. Um, but some agencies are, are very much like the, the Keller Williams lady who interviewed me was, you know, cleave it off, move away. And, and I don't think financially, I think this is financially damaging. Uh, you know, Bob, I'm so glad you said that. You and I are a rare breed. I started, I'll say part-time myself, where I had a day job as a bill collector. Nine to five in the, um, was my regular day job. Did you call me? Was that you? No. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> but anyway, I, I had started real estate six to nine, six to nine. You know, after I'd had my day job, I went at Prudential. First company turned me down. You know, they said, no, you got to go all in, Joe. You can't do this. You'll never make it. I, like you, had this like, okay, I'm going to show you. And yeah. so Prudential took me in and I did it part time. In six months, I walked away from my day job and went all in. And the rest was history. So yeah. I would say for folks kind of on that fence of like, hey, should I do it? Part time, alternate time. Know that, man. I love what Grant Cardone says about 10X. You know, if you're going to do something in eight hours, four hours, I'll do it in one. So you got to really know how to manage your time, compress the time frames, And if you're going to work real estate, do that one to two hours or three hours, whatever you have, and do it super hyper-focused with no distractions. Yeah. Yeah. You deserve the time. That's something we preach here is you deserve the time to work on your business, not just in your business. Yeah. And I can tell you, that's one of the struggles I have, especially with agents. I, I don't even say newer agents because I have agents who have been in the business 20 years who have never learned this lesson. Bob, I, I couldn't do, get this done this week. I had buyers, I had inspections. You just don't understand. And I'm like, after 20 years in real estate, what is it I don't understand? Please explain that to me. Because right. I we have to we have to make time to work on ourselves and work, in, work on our business. Otherwise, that's where we, we end up having you know, our first year in real estate seven times over. That's right. You know, we've been in real estate seven years, but we've never grown past level one or level two. So yes, you're absolutely right on that. Yeah. Uh, Grant Cardone, I, I, I want to, I've written down all these names of people, people we're going to be talking about and looking up. Uh, who would be people you would suggest somebody new in real estate read? Give us three books or two books. Three books. So for Audible sure. Audible would be good too. <laughs> For sure, we'll name drop a little. <laughs> Tom, Tom for sure. Right? Now, who's that? I've not heard of him. <laughs> Hi, Tom. Love you. Hey, Tom. <laughs> so mindset, model marketing. I mean, okay. these three pillars are great foundations. Yes. If you're missing any one of those, you know, that's probably the one thing you need to add that'll change the game. Even if you're a seasoned veteran. Uh, MREA by Gary Keller. If you're looking to eventually scale, that's a great book for sure. And then I would also add Robert Kiyosaki, Rich Dad, Poor Dad. Yeah. I think those three books are great foundational books when you're starting real estate as an agent. Rich Dad will kind of plant that seed of like, hey, I could be an agent, but my biggest struggle will be time. Because here I am at the E quadrant, I'm going to be an employee, but now we're going to go to S quadrant, be an agent. E and S, you're limited by time. I want to move over to the BI quadrant. I want to be a business owner and investor. And here at Tom Ferry, we teach level seven, expand and extend the cash flow level seven. And that's mm -hmm. exactly what I would focus on those three books in the beginning. 
Excellent. And I don't, I, everything you said, yes, I love this. Uh, what I, One thing I don't think people do is when they get into the industry, they don't think about themselves eventually leaving the industry. So as they're setting up their marketing, as they're setting up their multiple stream, well, they're not even thinking about multiple streams of income, but having things that become assets in their in their business, that then when they don't want to do this anymore, that asset is a sellable asset and transferable to the next agent who wants to inherit and grow and 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 accumulate wealth. Right. So, um, yeah, everything you just said is ringing so true for me. I just think that people need to to strategize about how that asset it would and by asset I mean lead source or or you know multiple um, um, you know investment properties things like that. How those could be not only an asset to us, but how could they be used later on as something to sell? And make your your and most people don't know the term EBITDA, but if you're looking to sell your practice later, you're going to go through this process, which somebody had to explain to me about how do you value your practice. Correct. And if your practice is solely based off of Bob McCraney, best Dallas agent, it's going to be really hard for somebody else to walk in and become Bob McCraney. Correct. So why not name it after your geography or name it after something about the 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 business and, and that way it is transferable. Correct. So I think I took what you said and went a little different direction, but yeah. 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 No doubt. No doubt. Yeah. Have you yeah, watched that's something time? that, uh, you know, I think some people really got to think about is when they start, what is the end in mind? Yeah. What is the end in mind? Because like when I originally started like 17, I thought I wanted to be an investor. I took the long crooked journey, you know, jumped into real estate as an agent, did really, really well. And then started going to become an investor. Yet this, I started at 17, but I had all this self-doubt and, you know, hey, I'm too young. Nobody's going to believe you. And then the market kind of crashed and I ended up going to San Diego State, got my college degree. But I thought at the time that actually was a great market to be in when the market's kind of going like that as an investor. Man, right. you know what Warren Buffett says, you know, be fearful when others are greedy, be greedy when others are fearful that resonated now but back then it should have and it didn't yeah. i was scared i was the one running the other way you weren't ready for the message no i wasn't ready sometimes there are, there are gifts that are not yours to unwrap yet that's correct and, and eventually you come back to it and you go oh they were telling me that but i wasn't ready to hear it that's exactly correct yeah yeah and and you could be you know anywhere from you know age 17 to age 90 and when you suddenly get the revelation of what that was supposed to mean to you Colonel so, Sanders, you know. <laughs> yeah. So, so wrapping up, is there is there something you want to leave people with, and just say, hey, if you're getting into the industry, if you're setting up your business, if you've been in the industry and done your first year seven times, this is what Joe could do for you. Me personally, or a real? Are you altogether? as a coach, or, or what they should do for themselves and in, in setting themselves up for success? Oh, uh, for for anybody out there, always be learning. Mm -hmm. but always be implementing, right? You could learn so much, but if you never implement, the, the knowledge is useless. You know, you got to try these different things that are being shared on this recording whenever you're listening to it, but don't be afraid to fail either. I failed many, many, many times. As a matter of fact, I, I posted on my Facebook in 2010, I lost it all. You know, I had $9 million worth of assets and I lost it all, but guess what? As long as I followed my principles and started getting back into what I knew, I got it all back, you know? So it's one of these things where don't be afraid to fail. 
and surround yourself with incredible, incredible people like yourself and myself, because who you surround yourself is who you become. Perfect. Thank you for doing this. Thank you. I, I, I really enjoyed this, Bob. <laughs> well, actually, I had initially, you know, when we first set this up, I was initially going to have a lot of people on and and for some reason, the scheduling didn't work out. I'm glad we just did this as a one on one. Yes, sir. Likewise. We should, likewise. We should go around and interview all the other coaches. That should Let's be a big it. series. Let's do it. <laughs> okay. hey, sir, have a great weekend. You too, sir. You too. No doubt. Take care. Thanks again for listening to the Newbie RE Show. Listen, enjoy, subscribe, and share the Newbie RE Show. Viewers and listeners are advised that any views, opinions, comments, or examples on the show are strictly for entertainment purposes only. No content on the show is intended to offend any religion, organization, company, or individual. There are no promises of results to listeners and viewers of our show. Actual results may vary. Viewer discretion is advised.